All right, cool. I'm going to get started. Uh, today, uh, the sermon is called When Pigs Fly, and I am super excited about this series, mostly because it projects faith. Faith is something that is a gifting of mine, and so uh, when you see someone operate in their gifting, it can be super convicting or really annoying. Uh, and so uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but today I pray that it's not annoying, that it is um, just empowering to you. Uh, but today we're talking about When Pigs Fly, in that the scenario that, that God does what seems to be impossible, that the, when, 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 the, when God makes the impossible probable, right? And so I don't know if you've ever seen a miracle of any kind, but I believe that there are four different kinds of miracles that we see in scripture over and over and over and over again. And, um, and so I want to make sure you understand, we believe in the word of God. We, it's one of our values here. We don't just believe in Jesus but we study Jesus, we follow Jesus, and we read his word to ask him to speak to our lives personally. And I believe God wants to speak to you personally, and he'll do that mostly through his word. In scripture, we see four types of, of, of miracles. Uh, one is, is provision, when God provides financially in people's lives throughout scripture again and again. Uh, one is when he, uh, divine uh, protection over people's lives. And we're going to talk about that next week. Uh, and this week, we're going to talk about the, the miracle of healing and, um, and what that looks like in our lives when pigs fly. And, uh, and last week, we talked about the miracle of change, right? And I opened with a story talking about uh, Jonathan looking over at his armor bearer about to go to war. And he looks over and he says, hey, man, we don't need all these people to go to battle. If our people go, with, go and fight those people, a lot of people are going to die. It'll be messy. How about me and you? What do you say? Me and you, we just go over there and we take care of this ourselves. Maybe God will show up. I love his armor bearer's answer because armor bearer could have said anything. Yeah, maybe we'll get our arms cut off. You know, like maybe uh, we will not look so beautiful as we currently do. Maybe we will die. Uh, we're not going to, on a Nerf gun fight, you know, like this is, this is war and we're, me and you versus many, this is not smart. Maybe God will do something great. And last week we talked about the miracle of change because a lot of people believe that people don't change. Uh, but if we believe scripture and if we're believing that God is going to do anything inside of us, we have to believe that people can change that God does change people because I believe that God is changing me. And if God can change me, then I know he can change you because I'm far more stubborn than you are. Okay. I just want to, I'll prove you. I am more stubborn than you are. You better stop it, old lady. Take that off the podcast, Rich. Okay, here we go. Um, so today, anyways, last week we talked about the miracle of change. And this week we're talking about the miracle of healing when pigs fly. And so I, I, I want to start by opening a, a passage of scripture every week that would just talk about, uh, maybe he will, maybe he won't. And, uh, I'm going to read you a really cool scripture here in the gospel of Mark, the gospel of Mark. I'm going to read multiple passages in the gospel of Mark, but today the gospel of Mark chapter nine, I'm going to read the whole passage to you. And he says, and he came to the disciples and saw a great multitude around them, scribes disputing with them. And immediately, uh, when they saw him, people were greatly amazed and running to him and greeted him. And they asked the scribes, what, what, what are you discussing with him? And one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who was mute, who was a mute spirit. And whenever he seizes him, he throws him down. He foams at the mouth and he gashes his teeth and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they would cast it out, but they could not. Let's stop there. He took the little boy he took his son to the disciples and asked the disciples to pray for him, and they could not. 
I want you to know I've been in that situation before where someone asked me if I can pray for them, and it's, it's humbling. Because I want you to know I know that God can. And I know that I can because God said that I can. If God can, and God told me that I can, I want to be able to. And this situation is a scripture, uh, is, a, is a powerful scenario in people's lives. I want to be, make sure that I am ready to be who God calls me to be in the moment that he puts me in a situation where he needs me to be who God's called me to be for people that need me. And I don't know if that's you or not yet, but I'm going to project a little pressure on you today to see that happen. And so Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, oh, faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? He's he's talking to his best friends in this situation. How long do I have to hang out with you, Jason? You just get on my nerves. Uh, And he says, "Uh, how, uh, how long do I have to bear this with you? Bring the boy to me. Then they brought him to him. And when they saw him, he immediately, the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming at the mouth. And so he asked his father, and so, and so asked his father, how long has he been like this? Jesus asked the father. And he said, from childhood, he has often thrown him down both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation. Uh, I think there's no desperation like that of a parent. There's, there's just simply nothing where you, if there's anything that can be done, God, would you, can, can, would you, can you, would you, I'll give anything. Uh, let it happen to me. You ever pray that? And Jesus said, uh, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Let me stop there. You got to hear this. Jesus says this, and I don't know if you believe the words of Jesus or how greatly you choose to believe the words of Jesus, but God is speaking to mankind here. And he says, if you believe all things are possible to him who believes. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. I would also say that the opposite of true in this statement, that to him who doesn't believe, nothing is possible. I would say this as, as, a, as a, um, a motivational sermon today. Uh, if you don't believe, you can't do nothing. It takes a little bit of self-confidence in any circumstance. But when God says, if you believe, anything is possible, that should put something on your shoulders that makes you have the ability to walk through walls. What is it that you can't do if God says you can do anything? To him who believes... Nothing is impossible. Do you believe today? What level of faith do you have in obstacles of life on a scale from one to 10? 10 being extraordinary, one being, eh, where are you at? And today I think we have to learn to graduate our faith to believe that nothing is impossible to him who believes. Last week, we read the scripture out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, I believe. And it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. God is attracted to faith. And you have to understand that that's what we want to stir up in our lives. I don't know if you've ever seen a miracle. I've seen 
Hundreds and hundreds of them. I remember the first miracle I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I was I, I had moved down from Pennsylvania to Florida, and I was at church at Carpenter's Home Church, and I was on the front row, and there was a there was just an average Sunday morning, and they brought one of the secretaries down to the altar, and she had scoliosis. She couldn't move a lot of parts of her body. In fact, she was on leave at church. I had just met this woman recently, and they decided to pray for her in the altar. They had a healing evangelist there that day, and I didn't know what a healing evangelist was or how crazy and weird they are. And this guy was weird. I mean, he was a weirdo. He, uh, this lady in the altar told him what was hurting her, and he laughed at her. Uh, Anthony Carmack, you were there that day. You remember this guy laughed? All I got to do is tell you the guy laughed. You probably remember who he is. And uh, he laughed at this girl, and she was in a massive amount of pain. He took this lady uh, by her neck, and he cracked her neck for her. And she hit the ground like a sack of potatoes. Every goosebump that can be goosebumps stood up on my body because I just saw a murder, y'all. I knew it. It happened in church. This lady was dead. She wasn't moving on the ground. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen happen to any person in my life, and he laughed. The evangelist walked around laughing, and I thought, this guy, I'm going home. People are weirdos. The young lady began to move her legs on the ground and she began to move her arms and she stood to her feet. She began to cry and she began to shout and she began to celebrate. And she ran around that day. And I remember thinking to myself, I am not going anywhere. This is the craziest thing I've ever just witnessed in my life. Since then, God has used me to perform many miracles. It's not me. I can tell you for sure, for sure, for sure that I am as dumb as any other person in this world. I um, don't have any superpowers. If I would, I would ask to be like Superman. Uh, but I can't fly and I can't do anything great. Uh, and I don't know how to heal somebody put my hand on him, and I pray in Jesus' name. God does everything else, but I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen cataracts in people's eyes change. I've seen uh, bones healed. I've seen legs grow. I've seen tumors disappear. I've seen the deaf hear. I remember the first time that I saw a 16-year-old get the gift of, of hearing for the first time in her life. It was one of the most radical transformations I'd ever witnessed in my life. I've seen arthritis changed. I've seen a lot of things. I've witnessed a lot of miracles. I want you to know in the Bible uh, that, that Jesus would have, in the New Testament, he would have performed about 30 different kinds of healings, specifically, from deaf to dead being raised to um, people, uh, lepers and lame walking and all, a lot of different neat things Jesus would do. The blind would see and Jesus would perform miracle after miracle after miracle, and so would his disciples. One of the most controversial healings that Jesus ever did was the time that Jesus healed his mother-in-law. It was uh, She was uh, deathly sick. The scripture says we believe she was deathly sick. Um, and uh, Peter, Jesus went in and he, he raised up Peter's mom. A lot of people believe that's why Peter denied Jesus three times uh, because uh, it was just the worst thing he could have possibly done, you know. And uh, I, got, I got jokes. It was jokes. 
My mother-in-law is not here today, so I can just throw that out there. When pigs fly, Jesus has performed miracle after miracle after miracle, and so did his disciples. And in this scripture, Jesus says, if you believe, anything is possible to them who believe. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. And I don't know why our mind bends to the impossible, but it does. Oftentimes we hope, but seldom do we have faith. Hope and faith do look different. Hope is hopeful. It resides often in fear. Faith stands. Faith says, maybe our God will fight for us. Let's go to war. I believe. And so in this passage, Jesus teaches, if anything is possible to those who believe in the father who has his son that is currently convulsing on the ground, which would be a terrifying experience to any parent, to anybody, a little kid, if you're in the medical field, can you imagine how your mind is instantly going to the impossible? And Jesus stands there just casually and says, anything's possible to them who believes. The man answers back to Jesus and he says this, well, Jesus, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I've seen God do crazy miracles and I've seen God not do some miracles. And I want you to know that it's possible and it's impossible. And it's possible. And this father is just kind of saying, hey, look, man, if you can do it, great. I'm in. I'm all, I'm all in, Jesus. There's actually no one else that can do it. We've taken him to doctors. We've taken him. And so I don't know why our mind naturally bends to the natural. Why it bends to Tylenol before it bends to Jesus. Why it naturally bends to the specialist and the opinion of the doctor before it bends to what God says. And I don't think there's anything wrong with human wisdom. In fact, I believe I want to encourage it. I want to make sure I say that. It is good that you listen to doctors. It is good that you listen to people around you that have studied the field of what we should do in this situation. But I know that I've, uh, I've seen deaf ears open on a 16-year-old, and I've watched a godly, righteous man die of cancer. And I could not understand it. I remember the first time I did my first funeral and it was a three-year-old boy. And I didn't have words. Because God, how, how can you? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Because it almost seems like, how can it be possible? How could you let this happen? If you were really God, would you have ever let it happen to begin with? Why are you doing this? And so today I want to make sure you understand that miracles do happen. They happen all the time, in fact. Life itself is a miracle. You are a walking, breathing miracle. But miracles don't always happen. I'm going to show you a couple places in Scripture because I think that there's what I have found amongst the body of Christ is a massive amount of disbelief that takes place when we feel like we are... The 1% of 0% times 1% of God left me. No, 
In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20, Aratus stayed in Corinth, and I left Tromepheus sick in Miletus. This is the Apostle Paul who's traveling, and he's saying, look, man, I, we've got to go on our journey. Paul went on his first missionary journey with about eight people. And one of the eight people Paul started out with, and he couldn't finish with because this dude got sick. And Paul, performing many, many miracles, left someone behind. They were ill. Miracles happening all around us. And sometimes I don't have an answer for it. And then there's another one I want to show you here in, 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 in second, uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. Paul would write his student, Timothy, and he'd say, hey, hey, Timothy, I want you to use a little bit of wine because your stomach and your frequent illnesses. So Paul's prescribing some, some alcohol to his little, little Timothy. I don't know if Timothy was 21 or not, you know, and maybe it was some laws that were being broken. I don't know what was going on. But Paul's saying, hey, look, man, Tim, you keep getting sick. Uh, I want you to take some Tylenol and go to bed early. Uh, don't drive uh, the camel today, all right? Stay off the camel if you're drinking the wine. But um, there's a little bit of joke there. Sorry, I, was, I can't be serious. But I want you to know that there was illnesses that they didn't have prescription for. Paul would write in, in Corinthians that there was, we don't know what the problem was, but in Corinthians, Paul would say uh, that there, three times he cried out to God that God would remedy this thorn that was in his side. We don't know if it was a, a mental thing or some type of perversion or some type of illness, but Paul cried out for a miracle in his own body on several occasions and he didn't see a miracle. And it makes me wonder, can pigs fly? Does God actually do miracles then? Are they for today or did they die out with Jesus? No, man. No. And Peter, he's walking just after P uh, Jesus leaves and he walks to the gate beautiful and there's a crippled beggar at the door and, and the guy says, hey, look, can you give me some money? And he says, no, silver and gold I don't have, bro. But what I do have in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Man, I want that. As Peter walks down the street, his shadow is casting an anointing on people that they're getting up off the ground and walking for the first time in their life. And we saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in the New Testament. Sometimes God doesn't heal. And oftentimes what I found is, is uh, Jesus actually healed every time in the New Testament. There wasn't a situation that he encountered that he couldn't overcome. But I found that it's not always that way for his disciples. And uh, I'm going to get to why in just a few moments. Is this good so far? Yeah. When pigs fly. Uh, one time here in Matthew chapter 26, verse 53, uh, we find this uh, story where uh, Jesus is uh, about to be arrested, right? And he's with his disciples the one night. I'm going to hold off for just one second. He's with his disciples and he's, he's about to be arrested. And uh, these these soldiers and guards and priests come to arrest Jesus. He's hanging out with his disciples. They're praying. And uh, they come to arrest Jesus. And Peter, I don't know if it was his sword or if he took someone else's, but he takes his sword and he freaks out and he swings it at this guy. And uh, he cuts this guy's ear off. I mean, Peter, the leader of our church. And you imagine if you read in the paper tomorrow that your pastor 
cut some guy's ear off, probably we wouldn't have as many people in our church. But I don't know. Maybe it's because they didn't have the paper then. I don't know. But Peter swung his sword at this guy and cut his ear off. And, uh, and I just think how funny this whole situation must have been. Kind of, not really in the moment, but afterwards. You know, like if it's night, we know it's nighttime. And uh, can you imagine, like, you cut some guy's ear off, and they don't have, like, lights on. Hey, we're turning the lights on. we got to find uh, Pete's ear, you know? And uh, if someone find the guy's ear, like, <laughs> look over there in the bushes, you know? And, and he takes, Jesus takes the guy's ear, and he puts it back on his head. He prays for him. And, his, uh, and I always wonder, what, is, what did it look like when did Jesus pray? In my name, I pray, <laughs> you know? Because we pray in Jesus' name. What is he praying, you know? And he put the guy's ear on, and then he says this. Can you put uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, I think it is? And he says, uh, don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us, and he would send them instantly. But if I did, what would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? And so here, Peter's like, look, we've got to save you, Jesus. And he's like, no, you, I promise, you don't in you or what's hap- not happening in you or what's, uh, but I know that um, the answer isn't always I win. I want you to know that if the body of Christ, if the answer was I win, we would all be living in the greatest house in Lakeland, right? We would all be driving the best cars. We would all be perfectly healthy and people would be banging down the doors to get in here because we, we all win the lottery, that's not how the gospel works. Now, that's how the gospel works in some churches, so you got to be careful. But that's not the way it is in our lives. Things are going to happen. And sometimes God is using these things that are not working for you, just like it was for Paul, to your advantage. God, I haven't been delivered yet. Well, you have been delivered. In fact, you've been delivered of a lot of stuff. <laughs> we could tell you if you want us to. Uh, you ain't like you used to be, because if you were, we wouldn't want to be around you, you know? Uh, I'm just kidding, but seriously. And so um, I've got to keep going here. Um, there are several reasons why Jesus also, then I, I, there's, a, there's another passage in scripture where Jesus um, said he didn't heal because of, there was a lack of faith in a city. Now, he was doing miracles in the city. It was in his hometown of Galilee. And in Matthew chapter 13, he says this, uh, verse 58, he said, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Now, I want to make sure you understand this. I do not believe that you are responsible to have faith in order for you to receive a miracle if someone else is praying for you. I'll get there in a second. But I know that there is a culture of faith that is provocative to God. Faith moves God. Hebrews chapter 12. Listen, I, I, I've learned this in my heart of hearts. I want to encourage you to learn this. If you want to know who God is, this is very attractive. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So as we turn up faith in our life, it becomes very attractive and God begins moving and advancing in our life rapidly, 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 rapidly. People that have faith begin to see God everywhere in their life. But I've heard people say, well, it's, it, it, the reason why you're in this situation is because you have sin in your life. Or because you don't have enough faith. Well, if you're the one praying for me, according to scripture, it, you're the one that's supposed to have faith. Like, 
this little boy didn't have faith and he got healed. There's a lot of people in faith that didn't have, but there is a lot of people that did have faith and found a breakthrough. Let me show you multiple passages really quickly of people that had faith and it was radically important to Jesus. Guys, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is an attractive quality from him to his people. And it is, as a father, I can tell you, it's one of the coolest things in the world that my children believe that I can do anything. And if any of you tell them that I can't, I'll double your tithe. No, I'm just kidding. All right, here we go. Let me show you this real quick. Um, there's a learning curve for, for disciples uh, to learn how to operate in miracles. And so the disciples, in, in this passage of scripture, right, we, we, I'm going to go back to it here real quick. Uh, in, 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 math, in Mark chapter 9, when it said that, I brought my little boy to your disciples, and they could not heal him. So now they bring the little boy to Jesus, and Jesus says, if you have faith, you can do anything. He rebukes his disciples and said, how long do I have to hang out with you guys? Why aren't you doing this yet? You've been seeing this happen. You've been hearing this happen. And we've heard so many stories about miracles. Why aren't we doing them yet? And I see the learning curve for the disciples. One, with this little deaf boy. Uh, one, when Jesus walks on water. Or no, Peter. Yeah, Jesus walks on water. And, he, and here comes Peter. And he says, hey, G if that's you, Jesus, tell me to come. Jesus says, Come. He gets out of the boat. Holy crap, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I'm, I'm walking on water. This is, I am sinking in water. This is terrible. And he takes his eyes off of Jesus, and he begins to sink. And I can every time I think of this story, I imagine it so clearly. He steps one foot, he's walking to Jesus, and then he begins to realize what he's doing, and he begins to not do it anymore. Uh, there is a learning curve that happens in faith. And the disciples had to learn a lot of the things that they're going to get good at. There is nothing in our life that we will start today that we'll instantly be great at. But 10 years from now, my wife can cook so much better today than she could 10 years ago. Let me just tell you right now, 10 years ago, oh man, hot woman, not so glorious in the kitchen, but it's improved. And I'm telling you that where you are now is not where you were then. But if there's something that you want to get better at, you can improve it. Faith, listen, is a muscle. And when you exercise this muscle, it gets better. And the disciples, Jesus sent his disciples out to pray for the sick. And they did. And there was many things that worked. There were some that didn't. And they would learn to get better at it and get better at it and get better at it. And the more that you begin to believe, and the more that you begin to believe, I've got to get to my sermon. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Faith moves God. The woman uh, that was bleeding for 12 years, Mark chapter 5, verse 34, bleeding, she has an issue for 12 years. She's gone to multiple doctors. She spent much, much, much money. There's a crowd of people surrounding Jesus. She pushes through a crowd. She falls down on his cloak. She touches his cloak. Jesus stops and says, who touched me? In a crowd of people, master, everyone touched you. Nope, somebody touched me. He looks, this woman had enough courage to say, okay, it was me. I know that I did it. I felt something touch me back. And Jesus says, look, your faith, Mark, or Matthew chapter, Mark chapter five, verse 34, daughter, your faith has healed you. It's an attractive quality to Jesus. 
When pigs fly, God moves. Check this out. Uh, the, the blind man screams out, rise. And in and, uh, and Luke chapter 17, verse, verse 19, a man has leprosy. He falls down at Jesus' feet. And Jesus says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. There's another story where the, where the blind man, he screams out, oh, son of man, have, have, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. It wasn't your money. It wasn't how much you do for Jesus. It wasn't how great you are at church or your attendance. Like, I, I love that people come consistently, but you can come consistently and not grow spiritually at all. Your faith is what we develop. And when we develop in our faith, then God begins to move through us. He begins to move through us. He begins to move through us. Your faith has made you well. I think of the story of the, of the Roman centurion. And Jesus looks around. Remember, he's rebuking his disciples constantly. The only thing that he got angry at his disciples at was that they didn't have enough? He looks at the Roman centurion, who's not even a Jew. And the guy comes to him and says, hey, look, I got this guy that works for me. He's sick. And Jesus goes, all right, well, wh where's he at? Let's go. And he goes, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. Look, at, I, I, I have authority in my life. And if you are who you are, and you can do what you say you can do, this is how it works. If you just say he's healed, I know that I tell people all day long, go and do that job, and they go do that job. If you just say it, the guy will be healed. And Jesus says, I'm marveled. Can you pull it up? He says, he says look, I, I, when Jesus, he was amazed. And he said to those who follow him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in all of Israel with such great faith. He says, go home. Your guy is just as you said he is, whole. Faith. God loves it. Without faith, it's impossible to, 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 to please God. But with it, man, and if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, and this guy says, look, I, I believe, but, but Lord, help my unbelief. I'm going I'm to ask you this. If you believe, nothing is impossible. If you believe, nothing is impossible. If you believe, then nothing is impossible. Do you believe that? Do you believe pigs can fly? Do you believe we can move mountains? Do you believe the dead can be raised? Do you believe that cancer can be broken? Do you believe that the lame can walk and the blind can see? Do you believe that you can, you can have a promotion? Do you believe that you can actually do your job or your marriage can change? Anything is possible to those who... So I'm going to take you there real quick. Now, the thing that's important is that I, I, when, I, when I read Mark chapter 9, verse 23, if you believe all things are possible to him who believes... I say to myself, God, either you are real or you're not. Either you're alive or you're not. Either your words are true or they are not. But I will develop my faith gifting. And I will get better at this. And so if you want to pray and move mountains, start praying. Start praying. You don't learn to ride a bike overnight. You don't learn how to be a doctor overnight. You don't learn, and you don't learn how to pray and heal the sick overnight. You might. It does happen. People do pray and see miracles. Some people are naturally athletic. Some people are naturally smart, and their mind bends to these things. But you can get better than where you are. Now, let me take you to a scripture here real quick. This is in John chapter, nope, this is in, yep, John chapter 14, 12. He said, very truly, I tell you, that whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. So the doctor comes in and says that your kid has 
Leukemia. Can pigs fly? They can if God says they can. And by his stripes we are healed. Then we're healed. And you just got to know we're going to stand. We're going to stand. We're going to stand. Nowhere in scripture have I ever found a scenario where God says that we don't, we shouldn't believe. So if you want to know how do you pray, you pray life. And you stand on life. And you pray life. And you pray life. And you believe for change. And you believe for the power of God. And you believe that God will move. And that God will anoint you. And that God will move. And that God will anoint you. And you believe. And you believe. And you believe. And you believe. And that is how we pray. And it will hurt. And sometimes it will hurt hard. But we believe. Nowhere in Scripture is anyone sick brought to the disciples and they say, go home. Nowhere in Scripture does anyone bring anyone to Jesus and they say, sorry, not today. Every time we believe. And I want you to know that it's on me and it's on you. I'm going to read this. I'm going to do another passage. We're going to get to prayer here in a second. I've got the sermon. I've got to go long, and I know I've got another sermon coming, so here we go. This is what you need to know. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you that whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Even greater things. Do you read that in John? Can you put John chapter 14 up? Very truly, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, they will also do, and they will do even greater things. Let me ask you, do me a favor. If you believe in Jesus, which is what this scripture says, whoever believes in Jesus, will you stand to your feet? I have to do for you what's been done for me. And it's not really for you, but it's for those that aren't here today. Whether you realize it or not, there's a lot of people in your life that cried themselves to sleep last night. A lot of people that are fighting depression, that are fighting sickness, that are fighting debt, that are fighting an uphill climb that they can't get out of. And if I read this scripture correctly, what this verse tells me is that you will do miracles. Not Jesus, you. I'm not taking anything away from Jesus. Please understand, everything we do, we do in Jesus' name, and we do through Jesus but I'm asking you to stand because I want you to understand you have a responsibility to grow because when they bring a little boy to you or your mom calls you on the phone and says, we're sick or someone comes and says, hey, look, this is happening in my life. You need to know that you have a responsibility to pray just like I do. It's not on your pastor. You carry the spirit of God inside of you. Would you put it back up one more time, Caleb, John chapter 14? Verse 12, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater. So I got to ask you, do you believe? Do you believe? Because God inhabits faith. He loves it. It's an attractive quality to him and it moves him. You gotta know that faith moves God. And if you wanna grow today as your pastor, I'm begging you, 
Let's be a church that is charged with faith, that believes for the impossible, that pigs can fly, and whatever's going on in your body can die in the name of Jesus. He said, go into all the nations and heal the sick. He's telling you to do it. And I know today you're like, I don't know how. Neither do I. It's as easy as I pray and I believe and something happens that is far greater than me. But I believe. Does that make sense? Would y'all have a seat real quick? I have one more point that I have to get out before we move on. It's called the greatest miracle. Four guys drop their buddy through a hole in a roof. This guy is paralyzed. Rachel, would you come? Deb, would you come? This guy is paralyzed in his body and he, he, can't, he can't move and there's a room that's crammed with people. Well, I'm about to go on a mission trip to Nicaragua in three weeks and I tell you, I've been in this situation so many times where we've been in a house that we decided to have church in, a house, and there is not a space where you can put another human being. It's the craziest thing in the world to be in a scenario where, like, I love second, like, second service comes and there's nowhere to stand. No, 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 no. No, you don't understand. There's nowhere to put another body. This happens all the time overseas. And we're crammed in this building. Ain't no AC. Everyone smells. It's a bad scenario, and God is in the house. These four guys had a, so a paralyzed friend, and Jesus is teaching in this guy's house. And they're like, we got to get him in there. I don't know how. This whole situation blows my mind. It's one of the funniest stories in the whole Bible. They put this guy on the roof, and they dig a hole in the roof. Can you imagine Jesus teaching, and you hear rats crawling around in the ceiling, something going on, everything's... They drop the guy down. He's already paralyzed. Just throw him down there. It's fine. What else can happen, you know? And they, Jesus uh, prays for the guy, and he says, hey, look. Your sins are forgiven. I want you to know, Jesus didn't come to do miracles. He didn't come to do healing. He came to save the soul. Yes. The greatest miracle that happens is when our sins are forgiven. Amen. It's the first thing Jesus does with this guy. He says, look, your, your sins are forgiven. And everyone freaks out and says, hey, who, who can forgive sins? And he goes, all right, well, look, is it easier for you to see if I just tell the guy to get up and walk? Cool. Get up and walk. Because part of healing is what happens in our soul. It's what happens in our body. And when God begins to transform us, I told you guys last week about the change that happened in me. He does it mind, body, spirit. He changes all of us. Yes. Healing is everything. It's all inclusive. Someone in this room may need a healing in their, in their body and it may need to happen first in your soul. I think the greatest miracle that can happen in this room, yeah, cool, cancer may be healed. And look, I don't know how to tell you this, but like if we heal you of cancer, I'm not gonna heal you of cancer, but if we pray that God heals you of cancer and you get healed, tumors fall off your body, which I've seen. You're still gonna die. Like Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Awesome, he's alive. Still gonna die. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how cool stuff happens to you. You need salvation. That's, that's the most important thing. Who's going to save your soul? Yes. 